Good morning. A very happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. I hope you have all enjoyed your day so far and have fun plans in the future. Or if nothing else, just a relaxing and restful day. Because sometimes that's the best. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday of Easter is from Isaiah chapter 40. To whom will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 2. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, Fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing, in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. So, some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? 
Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth and she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. Have you started to come down from that Easter high yet? Are things starting to remind you that while Christ is indeed risen, that we are still here living in this sinful world? As much as we know and trust that Jesus did indeed rise from the dead, we also have to recognize that right now we are still living in this world of sin and death. Which means that sometimes the Easter joy that we're still supposed to have can feel a bit forced. Our responses to the truth that he is risen might start to become mechanical and not all that joyful. And if you think it's bad for us, think about how it must have been for the disciples. Their life for the last few weeks would have been full of ups and downs. They would have known and seen that their Lord had died, filling them with sorrow. Yet they also would have seen him risen from the dead, filling them with joy. But he will end up giving them the task of going out into the world and preaching his word right before he ascends up into heaven, yet again leaving them. Though he did promise that he would be with them forever until the end of the age, they had to be filled with confusion and concern at that moment. But then, not long after that, they would receive the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, filling them with zeal and power to do the job that their Lord had given them. Up and down and up and down. The disciples' lives were certainly roller coasters, just as much as any of ours are. Our gospel reading for today is Jesus attempting to prepare the disciples for that while he is still there in the upper room giving them his last teachings and the Lord's Supper before he gets betrayed. While he warns them of what is to come, he also tried to explain why it's happening by giving them a metaphor, a very interesting metaphor considering that today is Mother's Day. But before we get to that, here again Jesus' word about the disciples' impending sorrow and joy. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, 
What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now. But I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Believe it or not, the disciples are making a pretty big step here one that they've been making baby steps toward for a while. They are finally getting to the point where they recognize that they have no idea what Jesus is talking about. And they're getting there just in time for Jesus to leave them. Again, this conversation is occurring during the upper room discourse, the very same night when he institutes the Lord's Supper which means that it's the very same night when Jesus is going to be betrayed. By Judas directly and by the other disciples when they flee from him. The day after this will be when he is crucified for the sins of the world. And only three days after this is when Jesus will be raised from the dead. Proving his defeat of death, the Father's acceptance of his sacrifice, and our new eternal life with him forever. That is, of course, what Jesus is trying to warn them of here. But the disciples don't yet have the benefit of hindsight that we have. They don't understand yet all that is going to happen, but Jesus wants them to be preparing themselves. So he gives them an example that will help them through the dark time that is about to happen. There isn't much in this world that is more painful than childbirth, or so I hear, anyways. And that is what Jesus likens the crucifixion and resurrection to for the disciples. That's how painful it's going to be. That's how much suffering they were going to have to go through. Jesus doesn't want them to underestimate it. He doesn't want them to think it's going to be easy or that they're going to be able to just brush it off. Yet, he also wants them to know that it's going to be temporary. And perhaps even more importantly than that, that afterwards, will come such joy as they have never experienced. The joy of new life being born into the world. That's what happened when Jesus rose from the grave. For the first time ever, a human being who had eternal life 
has come into the world. This joy would fill them up so much that they would barely even remember the pain that came before it. As we live in this world that is full of sin and death and pain and suffering, it can be easy to think that that's how it's supposed to be. As much as during the high points of our lives we can forget the bad times, during the low times of our lives, it is easy to forget the good times. Jesus, using the example of childbirth, is brilliant here because the suffering and pain that is a part of childbirth is a direct result of the fall. God laid it down as a punishment for the first sin, which means that if sin weren't in the world that it wouldn't have been painful at all. It would only have been joyful. But that is not the world that we live in. The world that we live in has suffering, pain, and death around almost every corner. And all of it is a result of the sin that we brought into the world. Yet, Jesus' point for the disciples today, and also for us, is that despite the sin that is in the world, despite the pain and suffering that's everywhere around us, he made sure that there was joy in this world too. Specifically, the joy of new life. That new life is yours now. Jesus earned it for you on the cross, proved that it was real in the resurrection, and delivers it to you by his very own body and blood this day. But that doesn't mean that you're always going to be happy. It doesn't mean that everything is always going to go perfectly for you. It doesn't mean that you won't suffer in this world. But it does mean that all of that suffering, pain, sin, and death are temporary. And that eventually, that all of that will be replaced by the joy of the new life that you have even now. Replaced so thoroughly that you'll barely even be able to remember it. May God bring this about in his time according to his steadfast love. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.